one of the secrets of PR is it's a great way to start building your site ranking because it's basically their highly qualified links back to your site. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today we have Irv Shapiro, who is the CEO of Dialogue Tech, which helps companies drive calls and sales. Dialogue Tech has raised over $60 million in funding and has well over 5,000 customers. Irv, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you for inviting me onto the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? So what we do at Dialogue Tech is very simple. We are returning humanity to commerce. If you think about it, over the last 15, 20 years, the technical community, which we are part of, has encouraged businesses and brands of every size to move away from engaging with their customers in a human way and instead asking them to participate in transactions solely via online commerce, shopping cards, self-service. At Dialogue Tech, we believe that while self-service is a perfect solution for a range of transactions, there are many transactions, we call these considered purchases, where humans want to engage in a very human way. And how do humans engage? The same way we're engaging right now, we talk to each other. So unless intelligent design or evolution moves very, very quickly, we're going to be talking to each other for a long time. At Dialogue Tech, we remove all of the friction of allowing major brands to communicate with their customers, with their prospects, via phone calls in a very, very simple way that is compatible with all of the rest of your marketing programs, which imply that they're quantifiable, you have solid analytics, you have very sophisticated contextual routing capabilities, and you have the ability to optimize your ad spend even if a customer chooses to tap a number on their phone and make a phone call. Wonderful. So let's say I'm a Series A startup. I've raised a Series A round, you know, maybe two, three million dollars in funding. You know, what's yeah. a practical application or an example of, of a company like this using Dialogue Tech? Well, think about pretty much any software as a service business. How do most software as a service businesses sell? Well, while they all advertise via digital media, and perhaps they participate in other vehicles, trade shows, webinars, other types of marketing, the majority of software-as-a-service sales are made over the telephone. Isn't that ironic? So you go to a company like, whether it's Salesforce or it's HubSpot, whether it's Zendesk or it's a brand-new startup, and they're saying to your business, we want you to move a business process into the cloud. Oh, by the way, the way we're going to convince you to do that is we're going to talk to you on the phone. Therefore, the most 
highly valued leads with the highest conversion rates to opportunities and to sales are those leads where a prospect picks up the phone and calls you or taps on a number more frequently today on their smartphone and calls you. When that occurs, we tell you as a business what ad they saw right before they called you, what keyword they typed in, what page they were on on your landing page, what their click stream was. We then combine that with information that we have because it's a phone call, like where are you standing? And we use that information to contextually or intelligently route or forward that call to the best person in your business to take that call. They could be in a call center. They could be working in your office. They could be offshore. They could be in their car. It doesn't matter. Then we record that call. We transcribe it. And we have three sets of data. The advertising data that drove the call, the data about when they called, how long it was, who they spoke to, and the actual words in a call. We put that all into a big data repository. And we use machine learning and big data techniques to allow you to mine that information and optimize your ad and marketing spend. Wonderful. Awesome. So how, do, how does pricing on, on something like this work? Sounds like it could be pretty expensive. Uh, not at all. So we are priced very much like an old-fashioned cell phone bill. You have a monthly fee that can start at a couple hundred bucks a month. That includes a certain number of conversations. And then if you go over that number of conversations, we charge you per conversation. For our enterprise customers, because we have customers who pay us hundreds of dollars a month, and we have customers that pay us over $100,000 a month. For our larger customers, they're on annual contracts with monthly minimums. For our smaller customers, our SMB and early stage customers, they're just monthly contracts. Awesome. Okay. So what kind of numbers can you share around the business today just to get everyone an idea of, of how you guys are doing, you know, growth rates, anything like that? Sure. The, uh, because we're venture funded, you can go to Crunchbase and you can learn a lot about us. So as you indicated, $60 million has been invested in this business. We have approximately 150, 151, 152 employees. We do have over 5,000 customers. A typical month, we are engaged in providing analytics on between 40 and 50 million minutes of phone calls. 40 to 50 million minutes of phone calls. We target sort of a Midwest style of growth. So we target cash flow responsible growth. So we target 20 to 30% a year growth, and we are a cash flow positive business. The reason for that is very, very interesting. By being cash responsible, we are in a position that when the market tips, because today what we do, call analytics and optimization outside of a call center, is an early technology. And so while we work with some of the largest brands in the world, it's not all brands that understand the value proposition. So this is a nice-to-have, not a must-have. So by building a company around responsible cash flow positive growth, you ensure that you have the resources when the market tips to double or triple down on your growth expectations. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you see in the climate today that, you know, people are still, a lot of companies are still growth focused, but investors are pulling back, right? So it's, it's refreshing to see um, your approach to that. So 
I think our approach could be it's sort of the tortoise versus the hare. Yep. There are some hares. Twilio is a very good example. They did a brilliant job of maintaining high growth, almost 70% compound annual growth. They did it by spending an enormous hundreds of millions of dollars and by building a really strong brand and presence in a new platform as a service area around telco. But that's a very high-risk play. I could name for you right off the bat, I can think of two other companies that were in that space. And there are probably dozens of companies that were in that space that are struggling. So we believe, you know, we're Chicagoans. So we believe in making money the old-fashioned way. So we'd rather be a tortoise and grow responsibly 20, 30, 40% a year than a hare and potentially burn out on the side of the road. Got it. I love that approach. And I think, oh, I think you're going to see more companies doing that, uh, you know, moving forward. So great, great to hear. Um, and probably want to talk about that down the road. But, um, you know, one thing I wanted to touch upon, you know, you talked about how companies are misattributing 49% of their conversions. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the phenomena that's occurring. If you go back pre-iPhone, so I divide the world into pre-iPhone and post-iPhone. What was the reason that was significant? It wasn't that the iPhone didn't have a keyboard. It wasn't that uh, Steve Jobs is a fantastic sales guy or was a fantastic salesperson. Obviously, a talented, unique, once-in-a-generation type of human being. That said, what was unique about the iPhone is that it had a full-function browser. It was the first phone where you could point it at any web page and see it properly, interact with it properly. And because of that, the iPhone opened up a new way for brands to engage with their customers that led to a slow but steady progression where marketing spend, ad spend, both search and display, have moved from desktops to mobile to the point where towards the end of last year, we crossed the tipping point between desktop and mobile spend, and now more money is being spent on mobile. So let's assume that you're using a fine analytics tool from one of the biggest vendors, and you're measuring everything that has, happens on your website. Well, anytime a consumer visits your website from a phone and they tap on a telephone number, which is a click to call on a phone and place a phone call, they fall into a black hole. Marketo and DoubleClick and Adobe Analytics and HubSpot and Google Universal. None of these tools know about that phone call. Now, there's one exception. That is, is Google Analytics, if you're using call extensions, does know about that. I don't want to mislead the information. But the majority of businesses aren't tracking those calls. Now, for businesses that are selling products that are considered purchases, an example would be life insurance. Nobody knows what life insurance is or how it works, so you have to talk to somebody. Now, car, car insurance, auto insurance, is not a considered purchase. That's sort of a standard thing. Another example of a considered purchase, you're buying a home. You're renting an apartment. You're hiring somebody to watch mom who's getting a little older and she needs somebody there during the day, and you're not dropping a caregiver into a shopping cart and putting in your credit card. Water is dripping from your ceiling. You're not dropping a plumber in a shopping cart and putting in a credit card. You're calling. For any of these considered purchases, 
You need to track those in the same way you track your web purchases and your web conversions. If you don't, across our customer base, as I said, we look at about 40 million minutes of calls a month across over 5,000 businesses. We have found that if we exclude the tracking for calls from the tracked conversions for our customers, they would be missing about half of their conversions. So if you're making ad spend decisions based on only the desktop conversions, the online conversions, you may be making the wrong decisions, paying for the wrong ad words, running the wrong display ads, having the wrong content. Okay. Now, when you talked about call extensions a second ago, you mentioned Google Analytics call extensions. Are you referring, is that Google Analytics or are you referring to Google AdWords? I'm talking about Google AdWords call extensions. I apologize. So Google AdWords call extensions will tell you the ad group that triggered a call. They will not tell you the keyword. Actually, our product does tell you the keyword. So Google AdWords call extensions are a good way to put your toe in the water and learn about using telephone numbers as part of your ad campaigns. Great. Uh, Bing has a similar product. Wonderful. And I, I want to dive into, I, I mean, there's, a, you know, there's this case study right here where, you know, basically it says, you know, how accurate attribution helped hotels core, corp, uh, increase phone leads by 83% and decrease cost per conversion by 10%. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So it really speaks to the example I gave and they were, a, their conversion optimization uh, statistics were a little larger than what we typically see. What we typically see is double-digit di- reductions in ad spends, so anywhere from 10% to 30%, and we see equivalent increases in conversion rate. So the use case, once again, is in their case, they are in the high end of the resort space. So resorts where you take your whole family for a week and it's prepaid or time-sharing, all the types of things where you have to have a conversation. You have a child that's allergic to peanuts. You have to find out, can they go to the play group? So in any of these cases, they found that by putting the ability to engage with their call center right up front via a telephone number, increased their call-through rate, we call it a phone-through rate, And because they knew what AdWords and ads were driving those calls, they were able to optimize around those calls. And those calls are the best quality leads because there's immediate urgency. Nobody's picking up the call if they're not seriously thinking about going to your resort. Whereas somebody might down click on an ad or fill in a contact form just to gather information for next year. So the interesting thing about our use of telephones, of mobile devices, of smartphones, is they communicate to the brand a certain level of urgency that you don't necessarily get from a click. So let me, I'm I'm trying to understand this right now. So, you know, the the accurate attribution part, part I understand, but that doesn't necessarily drive more phone leads. It's the optimization part after you're looking at the data that helps you figure out what types of actions to take that drives the, the increase, right? No, there are two things that drive the increase. Number one, our customers tend to put the phone numbers front and center historically before that, they would often hide them because their marketing team would literally tell them, you know, don't put a phone number on every landing page because we won't be able to measure things. So one thing is very basic. They put a phone number front and center. Number two, they were able to route that phone number to the right person to take the call. So if you're calling about a timeshare property, you don't want to go to a salesperson who talks about uh, resorts. 
So you were, the calls get routed to the right person for that call. And number three, they are ad, able to optimize their ad spend around those ads that drive calls, and that leads to an increased number of calls and increased conversion rate because calls convert in general more frequently than online clicks. All right. Makes sense. So diving a little more into customer acquisition right now, how did Dialogue Tech go about acquiring its first, let's just say, 100 customers? So I was the original angel at Dialogue Tech, which meant that uh, basically every time I put a, a tranche of money into the company, I had a discussion with Mrs. Shapiro. And so dollars were tight. And our primary advertising vehicle, which I think is underrated today, was public relations. Using a variety of services today, it is very inexpensive to do press releases. So the first 100 customers were acquired by Dialogue Tech via PR and primarily SEO with a little bit of PPC in order to juice the SEO. Okay. And you mentioned some PR services. What are those? Services like PR Web. So these are online PR services that you can use very, very inexpensively to submit press releases. They go to both traditional channels and automatically get indexed to give you the SEO juice. One of the secrets of PR is it's a great way to start building your site ranking because it's basically they're highly qualified links back to your site. Okay. And how much were you spending on PR initially? Oh, hundreds of dollars a month. Okay. Hundreds of dollars a month. And, and how, how many links do you think you were acquiring uh, per month? You know, I, I can't tell you. It was seven years ago. Seven years ago. Uh, Got it. It was a long time ago. Okay. All right. I will tell you that today we have a, as part of our marketing team, our marketing team is about a dozen people right now. Um, and today we have a full-time individual just concentrating on public relations. Okay. What's really effective for you guys? Today? What's, what's the most effective thing that, that you guys are doing in terms of customer acquisition nowadays? So today we, we've been focused for about the last 18 to 24 months on building our enterprise presence. And in the enterprise space, traditional digital marketing is a bit less effective than an SMB and mid-market. So primarily today, we're using one-to-one marketing te- techniques or prospect-based or personality-based marketing. So the way it works is as follows. We create a list of businesses that are similar to current customers. So we do a lot of work in the auto industry. That one's easy because everyone knows who the auto OEMs are, which is just the term that's given to the manufacturers. We do a fair amount of work in senior care, another example I give, pretty easy to find. So you find companies that are like the companies you're currently doing business with. Then a member of your marketing team puts together effectively personalized content by pulling from resources that we have. We use Google Apps, so we have these all in Google Drive, by pulling together content that is relevant to that specific target. So case studies that you may find on our website about healthcare or auto or insurance or home services. And then our technique is what we call 411. We want to share with a contact four pieces of content and before we reach out to them with an ask. So all we're doing is making them aware of the advantages of doing call tracking for a business, 
similar businesses that have used it successfully, what the ROI on that call tracking is reduced ad spend, increased call through rates. And then after we've touched them four times, we'll go for a soft ask. A soft ask might be, would you like to download this white paper or this ebook, or would you like to attend a webinar? Once we have an indication of interest through a soft ask, we'll then go to a harder ask, which is, would you be willing to talk to one of our salespeople? So that's the approach we're using primarily on the top end of our market in order to market to enterprise. In the SMB and mid-market, we're using all of the classical digital marketing techniques that range from SEO to PPC to email. Uh, We do a lot of retargeting um, and very focused uh, display. Okay. I really like the the sales approach that you have because a lot of people, you know, you're getting the cold emails all the time. It's like, hey, they just keep pinging you over and over. They're obviously using some type of automation tool and they're just trying to get you straight to a demo. So it's, they're, they're basically asking you to go, uh, go to bed with them immediately, right? You guys are approaching it where, you know, hey, we're going to, we're going to hit you with value four times and then we're going to do a soft ask. So it's, you're not even asking for the demo right away, um, which I really like. So do you guys have a write up for something like this online that we can probably link to? I don't think so, but let me check with our team. Okay. Well, if not, we're probably going to write it up. So you guys, <laughs> we'll probably we'll probably take it up. But I, I really like that idea, and uh, I think it's something um, you know people are going to take action on here. So love it. I do want to switch gears here right now. Um, what can you tell us about one big struggle you face while growing this business? So the biggest struggle. So I'm I'm a lucky guy. I've done this three times. I had two prior companies that I sold to publicly traded companies. And I will tell you the universal struggle is hiring great people. It will never change. It's independent of the economy. Doesn't matter whether unemployment is high or underemployment is low. If you want to build a great business, you have to hire great people. Now to hire great people, I think you need two things. Number one, you need to accept the fact that as your business grows, you're going to hire lots of people that are smarter than you are. And it may be that as an entrepreneur, you have a bit of a renaissance personality. You're able to do everything. But as your business matures, you need people that do marketing better than you do, that write code better than you do, that are better at sales, that are better at finance. You need to hire people that are better than you are. Number two, you need a blueprint for the characteristics of the hires you're going to make so you can have consistency. We call our blueprint swans. We hire people that are smarter than average, and we're not embarrassed to say that we can't make you smart. Now, smart doesn't mean, by the way, that you got all A's in school or that you went to Harvard. Smart may mean that your emotional intelligence is off the roof, that you have street smarts, that you're very savvy. But we need to hire smart people. We need to hire people that are willing to work hard, They're only going to be willing to work hard if they're ambitious. And then we have a piece of this Midwest value stuff, and that is we only hire people that are nice. We basically have a no-jerk rule here because life is too short. You spend an enormous amount of time at work. So if when we're successful in hiring swans, then you're surrounded by other people that are smart, hardworking, ambitious, and, and that fuels growth more than anything else you can do. Love it. And where do you go about sourcing your talent? Maybe just one, one, one source. So the best source of talent is referrals. There's nothing better. 
if you build an organization built on people that have referred to each other, then you naturally have people that like working together. Outside of referrals, we use every classable source. So we, we run ads in all of the online vehicles. We do use retained re- recruiters. We use contingency recruiters. Because once again, hiring people is very, very difficult. At a more senior level, we've been using LinkedIn a lot, where when a senior executive reaches out to other senior executives, that's just a wonderful way to make connections um, and to hire. For general staff, as I said, referrals are the best way to go. Great. Okay. Wrapping up here, what's one must-read book you'd recommend to the audience? So in terms of a must-read book, I would recommend The Purple Cow by Seth Godin. It's really the history of FedEx, Apple, a couple other companies that today seem very old. But what they recognized is we're transitioning to a world where product rules. It's all about building great products, not about marketing campaigns that are going to pull the wool over people's eyes. So you got to build great product today. And I think Seth Godin defines it perfectly in a book that's probably 15 years old called The Purple Cow. Love it. Great book. And Irv, this has been fantastic. What's the best way for people to find out more about you online? So all they need to do is go to dialogtech.com. That's dialogue spelled the sort of new economy way, D-I-A-G-L-O-G dot com. So dialogtech, all one word, dot com. And uh, they can reach out to me uh, personally. My personal email address is ishapiro, that's I-S-H-A-P-I-R-O at dialogtech.com. All right, wonderful. Everyone, make sure you check out Dialogue Tech. And I thank you again for doing this. Thanks again, Irv. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.